Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Fortunately, this week, I don't have a lot in terms of internal updates. I will tell you that I had a really interesting interaction. I was proud um, because proud of myself, but also proud of the person that I report into. I had a pretty intense interaction with one other person who, and I, I don't know whether I can attribute it to age. I don't know that I can. I don't know if it's just personality. I do think that the person in question is overly rigid, as in this is the way it has to be type of thing and inflexible. And what the person doesn't understand, even though I told them this, I will always anticipate what you don't see. And I'm going to work flex and I'm going to adjust for what you don't see. And that means I'm going to get in front of you and you're going to need to be okay with it. If you're not, we get to figure it out, not in front of the client. So he explodes in front of the client and just makes him look weird because I'm telling him this is something you need to know and he doesn't know. He says he does, he doesn't. And just kind of embarrasses himself needlessly because ultimately the person that we were talking to couldn't give him the answers that he wanted. This just embarrasses him. This is the problem with trying to fixate on a path. This is the first endeavor, by the way. And so we had an after talk with the the leader and I just straight up said, nobody is going to get it to where the boss is getting yelled at because of something stupid. Bottom line, I'm going to do what I do because it's what I do. I think we're okay, but I am going to lobby to say, put me in point contact for this. I don't mind him being there to collect notes and document. That's perfectly cool. And I'm cool with him collecting the wish list of the future state. I can't risk what we're doing because we're on a good track and I can't have him derail it. So very interesting. Didn't, it wasn't as bad as like what was happening in June. So I'm not (laughs) presenting it as that bad, but it was kind of unfortunate that it got to that point. Meanwhile, the second endeavor was kind of a waste of time. We went back and forth. I just basically said, I want to meet with this group. And it turned into a needless back and forth. And then one of the guys on the technical side just called and said, you know, I just want to, they keep going back and forth on this. Can you just kind of explain it? And I explained it. He perfectly understood. And he ultimately agreed with me because it's, it's like, just do a phone call. I said that on the episode with the demise of copper was a little while back in the archives. I talked about the fact that the phone call is arguably the best way to just get it solved as long as everybody's reasonable, but I think it's the cleanest answer. So I like the second client. I'm starting to like them even more. I think they're a good group of people. They just never have had somebody who approaches it like I do. Very logical, very sensible. So intriguing day today. Um, I can't say that I got stuff done like I wanted to, but I don't, I don't have any concerns per se. And obviously it's, you know, good money. So without further ado, I'm going to get into my topic today. My topic today, I believe, will partially resonate with those listening. There may be some that it does not, but I think it's good for you to hear what I've got to say. And it has to do with ageism. Ageism, put very simply, is the idea of a form of discrimination around someone's age, 
It goes both ways. It's not just around elderly. It also affects younger. You might be subject to ageism if you're treated a certain way because you're too young. Now, there's a caveat to the too young. I'll get there before I go the other way. When you're too young, we know that there's certain things you could not have experienced yet, and in some cases that may contribute to the feedback or the treatment. On the flip side, the older population, if you are experiencing some form of discrimination because you are on the older side, that is a form of ageism. However, we also understand that certain that are on the older side of the spectrum may not necessarily be exposed to what the younger side has been exposed to from an educational perspective. So the feedback that you get may not be designed to directly discriminate against you, but it's simply considerate of your position with respect to the what there's this assumption that you do or don't know. The catch, and this is where it gets tricky for many businesses, you can't assume that they don't have it. You should always ask the question. And if they don't have it, you have to open the door for them to learn it. Some people are willing to learn and adapt and some people are not. I just told the story about my first endeavor. The person in question and both that I've had challenges with are older than myself. I'm not a young guy, but they're older than myself and they come from an era that is a different era in the form of the type of work that we do. In the older times, it absolutely was appropriate of the way they want to do it, plus with different types of technologies. Simply that with this technology, this is the way it must work, and I have more experience with it than they do. That's the disconnect. Unfortunately, it's not going to change in the short term. I still have a mandate. I've got the client that I've got to deliver to. So I am going to push back. Doesn't mean it has anything to do with their age that I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back because there's things they don't know. They can say they do because they're just reacting emotionally. This is the problem with emotional pushback. Don't emotionally push back, except that I'm steering it a certain way because I'm fixated on getting the customer what they need, not necessarily what they want. There's a difference. Where am I going with all this? Ageism can be a very dangerous thing depending on how it's applied. Depending on how the person's treated, regardless of whether it's too young, too old, it doesn't matter. We also have to embrace what is necessary for that person to be able to get their job done at the end of the day. If they're younger, this means we need to be able to mentor them. We need to train them. We need to, we need to encourage them. We need to motivate them. We may need to get a little bit creative with how we introduce work to them, tasks. We may need to oversee them a little bit more aggressively with respect to the completion of work. This is simply cultural. It is what it is. On the side where they're a little bit older, we may have to break bad habits. We may have to introduce them to new paradigms. We may have to make them comfortable with the new way of working, for example, agile-based development. Certain people may simply not have extensive experience in agile-based development and how it may lend itself to more quality product, may or may not. But if they don't have experience with it or don't have heavy experience, we have to help and guide them into this is the way that we're going to do it because it's the way that we're going to do it. We can complain about it all we care to. It's not going to change it if it's a mandate. This is some of that breaking bad habits, breaking down barriers, helping them understand. Adaptation to change is a critical skill that may have been lost over time. In addition, flexibility and fluidity, be like water, is one of those things that people that are older struggle with. The idea that you have to change and adapt and move at the drop of a dime. This is a reality, especially in IT, but certainly in other types of careers, where you simply need to react quick, move quick, respond quick. That's how you stand out in a crowd. 
Certain that are older never needed to do that in a different time. They didn't need to because we weren't going as fast paced as we do today. You don't assume that they can't keep up. You assume that they should be able to, and you simply lead by example. So you manage it according to these two. Here's the problem though. There are certain people that simply are set in their ways. They're not going to change. They're not going to adapt. And they expect everybody to kind of come down to their level because it's the pace that works for them. The flaw of this is that everything around you is going at a rapid pace and increasingly fast. Again, I'm not a young guy. And even I recognize everything is going at least five times faster than what I'm used to. It's just that I'm used to keeping up with the flow to the point that I'm always faster than what's going on around me. I don't know if you've been watching the news recently, but there has been some reports coming out about the demise of local banks. Local banks, of course, is physically going into a bank or even a physical ATM machine where you can conduct business with cash. But it's not just about cash, is it? Banks also do a lot of different things. Banks might be where you're going for a mortgage. Banks might be where you need a cashier's check. There's a lot of different use cases for banks, and it's not necessarily solely around what you might think it is. Could be more than just the cash flow and the cash transactions. I believe I told the story at one past episode about the fact that I was trying to buy a car, and what they want me to do is get a cashier's check. This is based on the assumption I can just walk into a bank branch and request a bank check, cashier's check. I cannot because my bank is not physical. It's an online bank. It, it is a physical bank by definition, but it does not have a physical branch, I should say. So because of this, I have to mail back to get a cashier's check because it's rare that you need a cashier's check. There are these one-offs where you need it, and it's very helpful to be able to walk into a bank, physical bank, and just request it right over the counter. You give them the cash or you swipe your card and they give it to you right then and there. You can always get a money order at like the post office, but not everybody accepts money orders. They want it to be a bank check, which can only be gotten from bank. I believe, I'm pretty sure they stopped, but at one point, MoneyTree and other services like those used to offer cashier's checks. And I believe that, like I said, they stopped. So then the demise of the physical banks affects more than cash to my point there are way other services and many other services where you might want to have the physical branch and the closure of them largely affects the older generation because the older generation is more comfortable with cash transactions, but also the older generation is more likely to have needs to go into a branch and conduct business. This is because of what they've been used to because they were around at a time prior to the rise of heavy reliance on digital services. This doesn't mean that they won't use ATMs, but if you don't have a physical branch, you're probably not going to have ATM machines either. So then stats were calculated around all disclosure. And by the way, this isn't just the United States that I referred to this. It's actually worse uh, international. It's worse, way, way worse in places like Scotland than the United States. But just talking about the United States in the largest states, so we're talking the most populous states like California, almost 300 branches lost just in the year of 2021. Now, of course, the pandemic played a part in this, but what also has played a part is the rise of digital currency and digital transactions, being able to use your debit card to pay for things, being able to pay your bills online. Here's the concern though. There are still things where you may need cash to be able to do something. I was told from a young age, always have cash in your wallet just in case you get stuck somewhere where you're not able to use that card for some reason. And I think that's great advice. I actually had a situation where I traveled 
and I had misplaced my debit card, the primary one, and it just so happened I had gas, gas money available in the wallet to get me through. But this is a great example of the importance of cash as at least an alternative of nothing else. If you lose the availability of it, this is what can happen is you get into this point where you're now relying on debit cards and digital transactions at the detriment of the person who needs the finance for whatever. So if you needed cash because you were confronted with somebody asking for it, you now it's harder for you to get to it because let's say it's farther out or maybe there's not one in your local town in some rural places. Maybe there's not one for miles and miles and miles. We know that gas is getting more expensive, so that doesn't really help the matter. The only state that had no losses of branches in the span of 2021 was Wyoming. And that's probably because I can't even think they had very many in the first place. The other thing to play in, and I don't want to naysay, but the other thing to play in is that a lot of them grew too fast. By which I say, like take Chase, for example. Chase, I'm pretty sure it was Chase that took over what used to be Washington Mutual Bank. Pretty sure that's the case. And then I believe it was Bank of America that took over Wachovia at that point in the past. These were banks that failed during the bubble, housing bubble. So they ended up with significantly more branches than they would have had otherwise if they hadn't done the acquisitions because of the acquisitions of these failing banks. This is also playing a factor. So I'm not trying to put out fear of the idea that banks are going away, although I do think that that's eventually our future. And the theory is that we're going to get to a point where there's no banks, physical banks, at least not in the way we see them now. Sometime in 2030, 2035. So we are heading that direction. I am saying that part of the large number of closures likely was a symptom of the fact that many of these banks did absorb other banks and ended up with significantly more branches than they really needed to serve the customer. I remember Citibank, they used to have a lot more branches than they do now as did U.S. Bank, uh, as did Wells Fargo, and some other ones. They had way more branches, than, and then they ended up with like one or two within a five-mile span. And I think banks got to a point where it was like a McDonald's effect, right, where there's just like one on every corner. You're like, what the heck's going on? Like out here, there were two, there's two Wells Fargos, and they're literally three blocks away from each other. Okay, you probably don't need that. That doesn't make any sense. But I do believe that there should be working banks within each city, within a good amount of space where it's not to the point where people have to drive excessive distance to get to the local branch. I would like to see that there's some more regulation. I know in the UK, they're trying to put regulation to ensure people have free and ready access to cash. That's good. Of course, in the United States, we don't have any such a thing. I think we should because I think it's important that we always maintain good proximity to banking. Part of the problem is that the banking system is all competitive. Each of these banks compete with each other. So how do you account for the competition between banks? I think the way you deal with that is that you force the banks to truly compete for business. Part of the problem with Chase, as an example, I think I told a story on a past episode. Once you open an account and it's closed, that account, as far as their online service, you can't, you have to get it back. And if you can't get that password, they can't help you, you're screwed and they can't reset it. And it's tied to your social security number. So you can never get a new account. So you're just screwed. You can never get a new account with them because of this fiasco of the way they set up their system because they were forcing everybody online. Even if you go into the branch, you can open an account if you walk in there, but there's you still can't manage it online because it's tied off this. So there's a lot of things they will only do online. 
So you're kind of screwed. That's a flaw of Chase, but it doesn't apply to every single bank. It applies to Chase. It applies to Wells Fargo. It does not apply to Bank of America. Bank of America pretty much is flexible. I just think they're idiots, which all of this chaos of pretty much you're stuck with Wells, Chase, Bank of America, and maybe U.S. Bank, and maybe Citibank in some areas. And I said, screw that. I'll just go on an online bank, which they've been good to me for the most part. The one I, my primary one, I've had them since, geez, 20, 2007-ish, and they've been good to me. I've never had a major issue with them. And then I opened up another one sometime in 2013-ish, and it's a physical bank, but just not nationwide. It's online if you're not in New York, I believe it is. And I've been okay with it. But there are those times when I do need to go get a cashier's check or I do need to get cash or I do need to do some transaction that requires I walk into a bank branch and I don't have that flexibility. My call to action is to be thinking about as these banks are closing, what bank is close to you and whether you use it or not and the one-offs where you might need to for whatever reason. And if you had to, how would you get to it? Maybe you're in a good spot. Maybe you're in a good metro where you have tons of banks around you. But we are seeing statistically that over the next 10 years, there are going to be less and less banks. If you've not needed a bank, good for you. Just be aware, sometimes like buying a home, you know, the good faith deposit. Sometimes that requires you get some sort of something and maybe the money order is good enough. Maybe it's not. Be thinking about these times when you might get stuck where you needed to go into a bank and whether you could and what the closest one is. Are you seeing excessive closures? Just be aware of what's coming because again, Projection is pretty clear that we are trying to force, which I think is stupid, but we are trying to force a world where there's not going to be a physical branch, at least in the conventional sense that we know of, where people can serve you face-to-face. Of course, we're going to need to adapt for some of these businesses that are requiring cashier's checks. We're going to need to get away from it, and I don't know what that's going to take, or we're going to crash the business, and I don't know what that's going to mean, (laughs) and I don't want to freak people out. I'm just calling it like I see it. I do encourage you to do some more research on what's happening because it may affect you, if not now, then certainly in the future. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.